I went from ecstasy to cocaine to crystal meth. I was always chasing the next big high. But it got so out of control with the women, the stealing, the selling of the drugs, that I kept finding myself going to jail. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about how drugs like crystal meth can be so destructive to a person's life that it completely changes someone from the inside out. Did you know there's quite a popularity with crystal methamphetamines, and it's known as the clubbing drug? This drug is so addictive, and after a while, the user will start experiencing bad symptoms of paranoia, anxiety, violent behavior, and insomnia. In our last show, Elliot Morgan shared how he started on his drug journey by hanging out with friends, but his life was like a hole he was trying to fill after his parents divorced and his mother left the household. Elliot was left feeling abandoned and rejected, and found acceptance with friends at raves who were doing ecstasy. And after a while of resisting taking the drugs, he finally caved in and fell in love with that drug. Today, he's going to talk about this becoming a catalyst of smoking crystal meth, and it nearly destroyed his life. Elliot, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy to share my story with you guys. Elliot, it's so good to have you back with us, man. Now, can you tell us more how you went from ecstasy to cocaine and then to crystal meth? Yeah. You know, when people hear that jump from ecstasy to cocaine to crystal meth, that's probably a pretty good question is how does this happen? Yeah. Well, it's very easy because once you open yourself up to one drug, you are always chasing that first initial high or something that can get you even higher. Mm. And when you begin to consistently take a drug, it numbs your inhibitions. Mm. You know, you begin to not care as much as you used to. I see. Also, when you get into the drug world, as I like to call it, you get introduced to different people who sell different types of drugs. Right. And you have access to things you never would have before because in a weird way, you gain the trust of drug dealers and people who live that type of lifestyle. Right. So it was pretty easy. It's like a club. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you live in the club life and, you know, everybody's doing something. Everybody knows somebody. And so you stay in that environment long enough, you'll have access to anything that you want. Wow. And, you know, with that in place, you know, being addicted to ecstasy, beginning to sell ecstasy, cocaine was next. People would break it out on the table and, hey, what's that? Well, it's cocaine. What does it do to you? What makes you feel this way? So let's try it. Wow. Well, you snort one line of cocaine, you're hooked. Wow. And then the cocaine, you use that for a while and somebody's like, well, you know, try this. Well, what's that? It's crystal meth. Dang. What do you do with it? Well, snort it like you did the cocaine. Snort it. It may burn a little more, but it gets you higher. And then the snorting it goes to smoking it. I mean, it is that fast. 
Jeez. Now, I understand that when you started taking cocaine, you liked it so much, you started selling cocaine and ecstasy in order to get more money for the drug. Was it pretty easy to sell? <laughs> How can I say it? Like taking candy from a baby. I mean, oh my gosh. There were so many people that wanted the drug that if you can have access to large amounts of it, you can easily find people to buy it. Wow. So how long did the cocaine high last for? And then what were the withdrawals you felt after getting high? Yeah, you know, a typical cocaine high, if you snort about a gram within an hour, I mean, you'll be high for six hours. Six and hours? Six hours. Wow. There's stages in the beginning, you'll feel very euphoric and on top of the world. And as it goes and it wanes off, you still feel high, but it's called the come down. You know, you begin to come down and that's when the withdrawals take place. Wow. Because as the drug is filtering through your body and it's not as potent as it was, you begin to lose that first euphoric feeling, which immediately, now listen to this, this is the scary part. As the euphoric feeling goes away, the quite opposite of that begins to come in, you know, anxiety, depression. Oh dear. Because your mind, you had all those chemicals released that sent you on an immediate high, which is, you know, why people do it in the first place. But when the drug begins to leave your body, you begin to feel the absence of it, which makes you feel depressed anxious. Wow. You lose hunger. That's when insomnia comes in Dang. because you have so much speed in your body and amphetamines, amphetamines that it keeps you awake. Oh my gosh. So basically, though it's such a great high, it's, it's like a slingshot. There's another way that it comes around and you start feeling horrible afterwards. Therefore, you're looking more for the drug and doing anything. You probably ended up stealing and doing whatever you can to get more of it. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. When you're sober and you think about drug use, it's such an insane world. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the middle of it, it's this vicious cycle you can't get out of. You want to get that first high, but then you have to go to greater and greater lengths to reach it. And that's when you become desperate and you do things completely outside of your character. So Elliot, how did this drug lead to using crystal meth for you? Quite easy. By the time I was hooked on cocaine, you know, for a couple of years, mm. I mean, you knew everybody. You knew everybody who dealed in any type of drug and had a lot of close friends that were dealing crystal meth. And, you know, they offered it to me and it was as simple as that. I just decided to try it. I was like, hey, cocaine's not really doing it anymore. Wow. Is there anything stronger? And they introduced me to crystal meth and it was a no brainer to me at the time. Um, I just as easily accepted that as I did the cocaine. Not even thinking of the consequences though, right? Or did you know the consequences at the time before you started taking crystal meth? You know, when I think back to answer this question, honestly, I did not even care about consequences. Wow. Dang. I was in such a place that I really just loved that drug so much that I didn't imagine consequences. And yes, there's a part of you that I guess you think like you're invincible, yeah. like nothing bad can happen. Mm. And I did have friends that died of drug overdoses. I had friends that committed suicide. Dang. I had friends that got in wrecks because they drove intoxicated. But I thought that could never happen to me. Wow. So that's the deception you're seeing. It's almost like being at war, people dying around you, but you're like, well, it's not going to be me. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's a serious deception with this drug here. Tell me, what was your first experience with crystal meth? What was that like? You know, if I can describe it this way, crystal meth is a cleaner high. When you take crystal meth, if I can compare it to cocaine, cocaine, you feel an immediate 
you know, burst of energy, but it's like an angry high. Mm. If you're aggressive, you'll be more aggressive. Oh, yeah. If you're paranoid, you'll be more paranoid. But crystal mess, it took you to a higher plane where you just felt so smooth that you were flowing, that you can just do anything. Oh. It was really, really, really strange. So I understand it would last longer. Is that right? Yeah, you could take less crystal meth and the high lasts for hours longer. But then if you smoked it, which we began to do, because if you snort crystal meth, it, it burns really, really bad in your nostrils. Mm. But if you put it in a little glass pipe and you smoke it, it turns into fumes, which immediately hits your bloodstream a lot quicker. Mm. And it lasts even longer. You know, the only thing stronger than smoking it is to melt it down and to inject it. But for some reason, I had a fear of ever putting a needle in my body. Right. So I never injected drugs. But yeah, I would snort them and smoke them. Okay, so you're smoking it, and it's pretty addictive. How did the drug change you as a person, would you say? Tell us some of your behaviors that you became that wasn't there before. What did you kind of become while you're using the drug? Yeah, to paint a picture for you, I was an athlete all four years of high school, and I'm only five foot seven. Hmm. I graduated high school weighing a solid 180. I was a rock. Okay. By the time I was addicted to these drugs, I went down to 135 pounds. Oh my gosh. I couldn't hold a job. I'd be up for days. I mean, days, four to five days at a time with no, no sleeping, no sleeping and no eating. What? Why? Because when you're on the drug, you lose your appetite. Oh my God. You're not hungry. I don't know how to explain that, you know, scientifically, but you lose your appetite. And then this paranoia begins to seep in. I remember being up for days in my house, just peeping through the blinds, you know, thinking police were after me oh. or, you know, that drug dealers I owed money to were after me. I mean, it was a very chaotic time in my life. So you said for hours at a time, you'd be peering out there just kind of like a crazy man. Like a crazy man, because you lose track, not only of time, you lose track of reality. Wow. Where you have taken in so many drugs, you mix that with malnutrition, you mix that with lack of sleep. Mm. You know, some people never come back from that. They lose their minds. It's like a false sense of love that you're describing. You know, like when young people fall in love with each other and they have that like romantic phase of love. It's something similar to that, but obviously heightened and then prolonged. Yeah, it offers you all the things you think you want. And once you're in its grasp, you find yourself in a prison you can't get out of. Well, now I understand there is times and moments that you regretted the drug use and you try to quit. So I want to have you back in our next show so we can talk about how Jesus apparently set you free from all of this. Absolutely. I can't wait. Don't go anywhere. I have some deep thoughts to share with you right after the break. Did you know that just $10 a month can reach up to 1,000 more listeners to our show, where their lives can be inspired and transformed by the power of the gospel? We need your help. We are a nonprofit ministry, and we need your support today. Let me tell you how God is using this show to touch so many hearts. We often hear how someone was just driving in their car, heard our show, and related to someone's story, and God touched their heart. They received Jesus into their life, that day. You can donate to our ministry through our website at www.therealliferadioshow.com, where you can make a one-time donation or make a monthly commitment. You can also support us by getting our merch through our website. You can buy t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and more. Every donation helps, whether it's $3 a month or $100 a month. 
Thank you so much for your support and prayers. Now back to the show. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? It's crazy to me to hear about Elliot's progression of drugs from ecstasy to cocaine to methamphetamines. You know, why don't people just stop at the less destructive drugs? What do they need to keep going and getting more and more and more? Isn't enough ever enough? Well, for drug addiction, there is never true fulfillment. As we're listening to Elliot's story, this concept is really revealed. It sounds like every drug was a deeper opening and attachment for him to get closer to his own ruin, to his own destruction. The more he got into it, the more you hear him describing how he changed. The more you hear how desperate he became. It's like the drugs were morphing him into a wolf-like creature, hunting, hunting for the next high. Remember when this all started? It was a small need in his heart where he was a child just trying to recoup from the damage from being in a broken household. How many people are on the same pathway that Elliot was on? Many, beloved. Many are on this pathway and many are destroying themselves with their own desires and wishes. The Bible describes this from the beginning. It's written in Proverbs 27:20. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Beloved, what about you? Do you find yourself never truly being fulfilled? Lord Jesus, reveal to us the reality that what we desire will never fulfill us. That truly, Lord, only the bread from heaven, which is you, Jesus, will truly bring that fulfillment. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. You can listen to The Real Life Radio Show on Spotify, Alexa, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Samsung, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. See you next time.